Anxiety disorder is the most common disorder around the world, affecting around 30% of adults. As people become more and more open with their struggles with mental health, it is more commonly known that anxiety is not only a problem among adults, but among the teens of our society. One walk through the hallway and a keen ear will reveal that children in our world like to identify as having anxiety often. However, despite the influx in these types of remarks, students and teachers alike are still unaware of what anxiety disorder truly is and how it can affect the lives of those who have it. As a middle school student, my goal in this podcast is to truly understand the mind of a middle schooler and delve deep into the lives and experiences of those who deal with anxiety disorder. First order of business. What exactly is anxiety? Although it is such a common disorder, many people are misinformed on what exactly it is. Scientifically speaking, anxiety disorder is categorized as an intense fear that is fueled by little to no significant reason. For those who are anxious, this fear persists through the time of impact and affects their daily lives for an extended period of time. Although often compared with introversion, anxiety has been proven to be completely separate from it. The main difference between the two is that introversion is a trait. You are born an introvert or an extrovert. It is not something that can be changed. However, anxiety is a mental health concern, not a trait. It's not even a guarantee for those with introversion, despite the common preconception. Introverts are classified as those who prefer alone time to being with people. However, anxiety, although it may contribute to the severity of introversion, cannot be given for an introvert, nor can it change your extroversion or introversion. Introversion is normally... Confused with social anxiety, as both can make someone less social than their counterparts. However, they have no correlation. For example, most people, at least as shy middle schoolers, would not rejoice in presenting in front of a class. Sometimes you're unprepared, or maybe you're just self-conscious because you didn't have enough time to pick the perfect outfit today morning. Regardless of the circumstances, most middle schoolers can testify that presenting isn't their cup of tea. However, this is where someone who is simply shy would differ from someone who has anxiety. Though anyone without anxiety might suffer a momentary peak in nervousness, shortly followed by immediate relief, someone with anxiety might function a little differently. Before they present, they begin to take short, quick breaths and long exhales. As they reach for the pen, they might be shivering and shaking to the very core. In severe cases, they may even peak in a panic attack, perhaps having to leave the room entirely to compose themselves. What's worse, most of the time your peers and other adults in your life don't understand what you're going through. Those who don't suffer from the same problems often find it hard to understand your struggle, classifying it as a rare occurrence, or worse, making it seem like you're doing it for attention. Sounds morbid, right? Welcome to the life of an anxious student. What's even more annoying is, from personal experience and from what I've seen, this is also coupled with a healthy dose of insecurity. As you can imagine, this infamous coupling, this looming darkness that surrounds you at every turn, can get pretty disheartening. Seriously, imagine waking up in the morning thinking, oh, I should wear jeans today. I haven't worn them in a while and I think they're pretty cute. 
you put them on and then your brain just says, nope, what if I ripped them or something? What if everyone thinks I look dumb? Why do I look so fat? I mean, maybe it's better just to blend in with the crowd. So you change out of your cute outfit into the same thing you wear every day, sweatpants and a long black sleeve t-shirt. Congratulations, you've just literally bullied yourself into exchanging clothes. And on the rare occasion that you successfully leave your house with decent clothes, you have to go back through the entire day worried that people are judging you. And you do that weird Chromebook slinging thingy where you sling it to the back to cover your backside and use your books to cover the front. So you've now successfully covered up the outfit that you worked up so much courage to put on in the first place. Yay! So much fun. As you probably predicted, this constant nagging and intrusive thoughts can pose quite a problem for the people of the world. And the examples I said were only some of the many instances of the types of things we can tell ourselves. Now for one of my personal stories. I'm a choir student, and in choir we have to do these things called hearings. In these hearings, we sing based on voice parts in sections of up to three students, and the teacher grades our performance for for a grade. Well, that day was a hearing day, and it also happened to be a day in which my anxiety was especially heightened. When the hearing started after school, the school had already been a very anxiety-inducing day, all that seemed to be carried with me to this moment. When the teacher instructed my section to begin singing, my daily anxiety degree was already pretty high up there. After singing the assigned section once, the teacher asked us to sing it one more time. This was a totally normal occurrence that happened to everyone on hearing days. But nope. For me, it felt like life or death. I began to choke on my words. My heart began my heartbeat began speeding up and it felt like my chest was going to explode. I looked at my teacher with an expression of terror, but she wasn't paying attention to me at the moment. My breath was getting harder and harder to catch, but eventually, uh, in an overflow of pent-up emotions, I began to cry. I rushed out of the room as fast as I could, my friends trailing behind me. Hot tears ran down my face as I opened the bathroom door. I tried to take big breaths, inhaling and exhaling really slowly, and eventually my heart rate was brought down to a normal speed. A nervous habit of mine is to dig my nail into the palm of my left hand, and by the time my panic attack had subsided, my hand has almost blistered, and I still have a mark there to this day. After my friends came in to escort me back to the choir room, it felt like everyone in the room was watching me, although most of them hadn't even noticed I was gone. Soon after, we, be- we went back to sing the song as a group, and behind me I heard in the faintest whisper, I literally hate people who cry just to get attention. I tried not to think about this remark, but it stuck with me. Was that truly how people viewed me? Well, I felt so powerless trying to breathe properly without trying crying too much. Did other people just see me as a petty diva who just wanted attention? That's exactly why people with anxiety feel so ostracized in school. People don't understand what you're going through. Let alone people without anxiety, most of the time we don't even understand other people with anxiety. As a result of how complex the disorder is, there are so many facets to it. For example, the one that has become more well-known in recent years is PTSD, or post-traumatic stress disorder. 
Although commonly related with war veterans, it can take the form of any sort of situation that triggers trauma. Some people cannot even say certain words as a result of their trauma. In addition, there's social anxiety. Social anxiety manifests in the fear or being uh, of being or doing certain things around other people, mostly talking formally for most middle school students. It is characterized by self-consciousness and worries around other people without meaningful reason to provoke it. Then there's panic disorder, which is characterized by many frequent heightened points of anxiety, which the symptoms are extremely present, commonly called panic attacks. Lastly, rounding out the roster is OCD, or obsessive compulsive disorder. This is characterized by intrusive thoughts that cause you to carry out rituals that are pointless in order to satisfy your swirling thoughts. I figured out that although I know more than I did before I researched, there's still a lot of information yet to be discovered, and what and that is what I mean by the fact that we don't understand other people with anxiety. There's so much nuance to the disorder that it's physically impossible to understand everything without firsthand interaction with other people with every type of anxiety. As a result of the situations at hand at the present moment, I was unable to pull together a group to talk about their experiences. However, I hope that through their experiences that I've shared with you, uh, those of you who have anxiety and are listening will feel a little less alone. And to those of you who don't, I encourage you to learn more about it. Try your best to understand other communities, because acceptance is what humanity is truly built on. So to conclude my podcast... I hope that you guys all go out there and learn more about other communities out there and learn that many people may be struggling with stuff that you aren't. So make sure that you're always accepting of everyone and everything that they're going through.